Hello and welcome to Rose Tinted Review, the show where every week we pick something we feel nostalgic for, we then revisit and review it to find out whether or not our hindsight truly is 2020, or if we've just been wearing rose tinted glasses. I'm your host, Connor O'Keen, and I'm joined as always by my good friend and co-host, Michael Gervais. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing good, but uh, are you doing all right, Connor? You look like you're bottoming out. Bottom, bottoming out? Oh my god, oh my god, your complexes are slowing and widening. Get the defibrillator! Uh, you could have made this so much more simple by just doing a funny ET voice. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Don't people remember that that iconic dialogue? <laughs> his complexes. His complexes. Oh, don't get me started on his complexes. This week's film is E.T., the extraterrestrial the 1982 American sci-fi family film uh, produced and directed by Steven Spielberg and written by Melissa Matheson. Tells the story of Elliot, a boy who befriends an extraterrestrial dubbed E.T. who is left behind on Earth. Along with his family and friends, Elliot must find a way to help E.T. find his way home. The film stars Dee Wallace, Henry Thomas, Peter Coyote, Robert McNaughton, Drew Barrymore and Erica Alanyak. Uh, little baby Drew Barrymore. Little baby Drew Barrymore. And ain't she just the cutest? She is. She's the fucking cutest. She steals the show. She does steal the show. So this is one that uh, I, I I don't know why we haven't hit it sooner. I certainly don't know why I haven't picked it sooner because this is a movie that was just as, as much on heavy rotation as uh, we've talked about, like The Land Before Time in previous mm-hmm. episodes, stuff like that. I watched this movie... Dozens and dozens of times as a kid. That VHS copy got worn to shit. But I haven't watched it probably since I was like seven or eight, mm. I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, well, I can t- I can speak for myself why we haven't picked it sooner. E.T. was Go. not one that I'm insanely fond of. Sure. I remember watching it as a kid with my family and like having, you know, like a magical, wonderful time and enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've only really watched it all the way through the once and right. like you, you know, maybe I was 10, it's been like 20 years or something. Mm. I do remember trying to watch it other times as a child and getting bored in the opening of the movie. Yeah, sure. Sure. So it's one that I definitely, I enjoyed as a kid for the most part. And I understand that it has this huge legacy, mm-hmm. but for me, it ain't, it ain't that special. It's a, it's a big tent pole, tent pole movie in terms of, you know, the broad spectrum of the history of movies. Ain't that but special, just you dumb fuck kid? <laughs> no, I, uh, I kind of, I kind of feel you there. Again, as much as I watched this movie enough to have basically every scene ingrained into my brain, it was like reliving a a really fond but fuzzy memory watching this this whole movie. Yeah, I do remember finding parts of it slow and parts of it boring. In 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 a way similar to how I used to consume the Iron Giant. Yeah, and you know. There, there, there's so many parallels we could draw between that movie and oh, this. Oh, yeah. I'm already anticipating Iron Giant uh, comparisons, some uh, Super 8, because obviously we've done that yeah, on the podcast yeah, yeah. as well. Yep, and some Jurassic Park. Yeah, some others that we haven't done yet, like, you know, you got your Goonies and, and that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. In yeah, that, true, the, true. In terms of speaking about the kind of movie that it is. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't gone back to it since. Uh, I, I guess I felt no reason to go back to it 
around the time that I did go back to Iron Giant because, you know, Iron Giant, as we know, has shit blowing up and, you know, yeah, yeah. He gets lasers and he becomes pretty lame a gun. compared to a big robotic Superman. <laughs> exactly. And I don't know, I, I thought it was going to be one of those things that is so, it's so ingrained in popular culture as we've talked about with other movies before, and it's been parodied to death and, you know, it's it's still a, a household name today. Mm. I didn't think it was going to be as uh, affecting. Okay. Or it was going to be, uh, like, beating me over the head with its classic status and sincerity. I thought it was going to be really uh, a really saccharine affair and I was going to go, yeah, it's a classic, but it won't shut up about it being a classic. <laughs> And I mean, maybe you could maybe you could say that like it, it it is undeniably so, but I think it's a classic for a reason. I I found it really fucking effective on this viewing, partially because of my own nostalgia and and just taking that that trip down memory lane, but also just as a film, it, it really pulled me along in a, in a way that I don't think it did as a a, a kid, um, at least not on this level that I find you know it, it consciously doing so, where I'm like. Holy shit! I have this is a, a nearly two hour movie, just shy of two hour movie, and I'm not checking my watch. I'm a busy man. I got shit to do. <laughs> I'm nervous about everything. I'm always checking my watch. I always want to know what time it is. Even when I'm enjoying a movie, I'm like, "This is great." I bet I'm at the hour mark right now. Okay, that means I got an hour left, and I can get this, that, and the other done. One hour like, left I'm of always, happiness until <laughs> I yeah, have to go yeah, back I'm to always, the real world. I'm always thinking like that. This this movie is is. Uh, I've watched a couple of movies like this recently, uh, which we'll be talking about on The Blind Spot. Hey, get us on Patreon. But in terms of um, stuff that I've seen before, I haven't had that in a, in a while. So this was really fucking refreshing and, I don't know, the best, it's, the, it's the best shit about movies, man. That's really, really sweet. I'm, I'm glad yeah. that you enjoyed it so much. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. I am sort of coming at it from the opposite way. I was trying to think back on... I haven't seen E.T. in so long. Remembering what we we sort of mentioned E.T. when talking about Super 8, because it's very much J.J. Abrams doing that same sort of thing. And then that would also go on to be Stranger Things, which we talked a little bit about on Super yeah. 8. And and then we also talked about in The Blind Spot with uh, Season 4 finishing. Yeah, 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 us yeah. just watching that. We were talking about Super 8 in that way of like, oh, is it does it still like have a purpose of going back to when... Oh, is it not quite as good as the original, like the original ET? Because it's doing all those same sorts of um, tropes, essentially, of that kind of family sure. kid, yeah, yeah, based movie. And then Stranger yeah. Things is doing that as well and mixing it up a little bit. Yeah, and I think we decided that Stranger Things does it in a way that I don't know is maybe a bit more effective. Yeah, yeah, effective. And so, so in my mind, I sort of felt like Super Eight was sort of irrelevant, but I was expecting ET to be like. Oh, yeah, no, but this is like, oh, this is the original. This is where it comes from. Sort of in that yeah. way that you get like your Taxi Driver, or my first Taxi Driver movies like Nightcrawler and Joker. And you go, yeah. yeah, these are good movies. But then you go back and watch Taxi Driver and you go, oh, no, yeah, but this is, it, it's just treading all the same ground as this movie. And this movie yeah. did it better. They're yeah. just all impersonating it. I was expecting to come back to E.T. and be like, oh, yeah, no, this is why it's the classic and it's the the originator and stuff. And they're all impersonating it. Yeah. But then when I did sit down and watch it, I was like, oh, no, Stranger Things has improved on that formula so, so much that this is, I feel like E.T. is uh, like all credit to it and everything, like still give it mad respect. 
I'm not shitting on your childhood favorites or I'm not trying to shit on Connor getting adult Connor getting swept up and forgetting <laughs> the worries of the world with it. That's all totally fine. <laughs> but it's it's really interesting to look at it in terms of this being like the proto kind of version of this movie or this kind of family film in the Absolutely. same in the same way that Jaws was the like very first Hollywood blockbuster. I'm sitting here and I'm going, oh, this is a classic for a reason, and I can understand that. Yeah, but like, man. oh wow, there's 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 so many rough edges in this movie, but it's because there's been no movie like this before. And then that's yeah. when I'm talking about where you get into the Goonies a couple of years later, or you know, and then it just keeps going on and on. You got your like later Steven Spielberg hooks and stuff, which is a similar kind of family fun extravaganza in in yeah. all the different ways. Although, yeah, yeah. did you notice the little bit of uh, the excerpt from Peter Pan? I did. Oh. And I thought well, I could I could feel it. I was like, oh, somewhere Michael Gerbaz is pogging. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then Spielberg went on to make Hook. Okay, party's over. Everybody back inside. Yeah. Oh, great. Nice one, Elliot. It was an accident. A pizza. Yeah. Who said you guys could order a pizza, huh? Uh, him. Jeez, uh, huh? dude. So I, I feel like um, we're going to have like, oh, this is going to be good. We're going to have slightly differing opinions on oh this. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we're not going to be just jerking Steven Spielberg off for, for <laughs> an hour. But, yeah, man, like this this movie does for leaving trails of Reese's Pieces around the house what Jaws <laughs> did for going to the beach, baby. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, yeah I, I feel like... Because, I, of course, I, I thought of Super 8 and especially of Stranger Things while watching mm, this mm, movie yeah. uh, this time. But I felt like this is the source. This is, like, this is the OG and, and I don't feel like, like they're just doing E.T. They are just doing E.T. 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 is E.T. But here's the other comparison I'm going to make and it's going to sound really fucking funny. All right, Mac go. and me. So Mac and <laughs> okay, Me is okay. something just real quick before you get into this. Uh, something I just read was the original title for ET was ET and Me. Okay, right, interesting. Which uh, made me laugh because I feel like I don't know. <laughs> I think they they dodged a bullet. Oh, absolutely. ET is uh, famous, notorious even as mm. this movie that was made by McDonald's and like co-sponsored by. Is it Pepsi or Coca Cola? I think it's Coca Cola. Mac and Me was made by McDonald's. Yes, not sorry. E. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Mac and Me. <laughs> yeah, not this yeah, film, yeah. not E.T. <laughs> Mac and Me is notorious. E.T. is not notorious. Yes. The, it was a blatant E.T. ripoff made by McDonald's with ridiculous McDonald's product placement everywhere yeah. and Coca-Cola placement everywhere. And mm-hmm. it's roughly the same thing, but with a really hideously disgusting alien costume that's really, oh, really off-putting and strange. So, so fucking funny. <laughs> but when I'm watched, when I've watched that movie only recently, and only remembering, you know, sort of the the most iconic moments of ET, the you know the main tentpole parts of it, but not yeah. it yeah. as an overall. You go, oh man, how do they get this from ET? Like you're laughing at every every scene doesn't make sense, and all the characters, you're like, who are these people? Why why are they acting this way? Who yeah, wrote yeah. this? They're not humans. But when you go back and watch E.T. and compare it to Mac and Me, I can understand how they're copying E.T. almost scene for scene. There's very little character to all of these people, Elliot and his siblings and stuff. Like, uh. 
it feels like that's where Stranger Things isn't just copying E.T. It took the the skeleton and uh, of E.T. and went, oh, let's actually put some meat on the bones. Right. It, it's like, right. oh, dad's not here. He's in Mexico. Why is that important? What does that actually affect the story in any way besides the fact that there's not a dad in the house? Like, right. what does Elliot do? What does he like besides... I like Star Wars and now I have an alien friend and we're the, and, and he's my friend and we're best friends. And you almost get no sense of anything else about their lives. See, or- see I like that this movie doesn't like beat you over the head with exposition. You get like uh, a couple of hints at what this kid's home life is like and what his situation with his mum and dad is. And the, the, the rest you, you can just, the rest you can put together just fine in your own head. Like, totally, I don't need totally. More than and that. I think you can put the rest of it together fine in your own head because Steven Spielberg's a good director. Yes. But like that's why I'm saying that when you look at this movie, if it was made by someone who didn't know what the fuck they were doing, that's how you get those that's movies. That's how you get Mac and me. Okay, go, sure. None of this makes any fucking sense at all because there's nothing to like ground it down into reality. Yeah. Because they're expecting you to put it together in your head and you can't. Where this, yeah, yeah, there is enough whimsy and nice, cool stuff going on and intrigue with there being an alien friend that you do put most of it together Mm. and that's good. But I think like the addition that Stranger Things makes of instead of it being an E.T. being this extraterrestrial, it's this girl who's this science experiment and she's an actual person and so she's Mm. actually discovering herself and like in the seasons growing older and- and then all of the other kids are growing older and stuff. Like the fact that this movie has the iconicness of like the gang on their bikes. It's like, yeah. who the fuck are the gang? <laughs> the, like those other sure, three friends sure. are a bunch of fucking pricks for like five minutes at the beginning of the movie. And then they don't show up for an hour and 45 minutes. And then he's like, get the bikes. Yeah, it's like, yeah, who yeah, the sure. fuck are they? I don't even know their names. <laughs> and that's where like Stranger Things is like, hey, they actually gave those characters character and like everybody has a relationship and they have their own problems and things sure sure but the story isn't about the gang no no you know (laughs) but we don't need any more of those kids yeah then what why do we have five kids on a bike bikes instead of just two people on a bike then like well i mean it's like (laughs) i don't know i don't know what to tell you the story's not about the gang so i kind of don't care that we don't see much more of them, mm. and I guess, like you say, that like because Spielberg is such a, a a good director, I get swept up in the the gang on on the bikes, <laughs> or like, and it's not because it's the gang; it's just it's this imagery that is so uh, iconic, and the the everything that's led up to that moment of them like taking off on their bikes has strung me along so effectively. I, I'm I'm just propelled into being riveted by this mm, you know mm. and it's not it's not because i'm like the, the kid with the headphones is back <laughs> you know i agree i agree that in, in as much as like yeah who the fuck are these kids it, it borders on like not having enough reasons to like those characters when the older brother is like playing D with them and then they're like being an asshole to him at yep, the start yep. and stuff it's like Oh, i don't like this isn't endearing i don't like this yeah i, yeah. I agree with you that i was that like there is like several sections of this movie that I'm really swept up and I'm I'm, I'm laughing and enjoying it and mm. along for the ride. And then there's some sections where it dips and I lose interest for a bit. Even right. as an adult, I'm kind of like checking my watch and going, oh, this is quite a long movie. Ah, oh, man, I, f- I found this. Them flying on the bikes is not one of those moments where I was checking yeah. my watch. My sure, adult sure. brain was going like, what the fuck? Why, why are these guys considered main characters? But... <laughs> 
the child in me was watching this and and laughing and enjoying it and going, wow, that's this is cool and this is fun yeah. and yeah. look at those obvious it's adults movie, stunt movie doubles magic. on the bikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I found this to be such a like a comfortable viewing. It was like slipping into an old blanket, you know. It was just the best. I I, I really really enjoyed this. And I, and I sat there thinking, I gotta watch this movie more often. Like, I just gotta put this movie on and just let it play in yeah. the background while I'm doing stuff. Just like have this be part of my my routine, you know? Mm. Well, I think it works well in the background. Not to throw shade again, but <laughs> I think because of the the pace is really funny. There is a lot of like lull time and downtime between certain things. So mm. I can still see as an adult why I was totally bored with the beginning of this movie. Sure. Until essentially like he sees him in the cornfield and we get that insane like jump cutting between slightly like only like 10 degree different angles of Elliot screaming over Mm. and over. It's fucking wild. I was like, what is is this avant-garde shit going on in this movie? (laughs) It's the 80s. Spielberg's getting weird with it. Yeah, yeah, he is. And then he goes out and puts the Reese's Pieces on the ground and then E.T. comes back to his house and once E.T. is like in the house and you're like, oh shit, we got an alien in the house. Mm-hmm. I'm hooked, but the like ordering the pizza and the the little shed and stuff out the back, um, it's confusing that the the pricks playing D and D are screaming at him like what toppings they want on the pizza when he's only going down the driveway to collect it. They've already called up and ordered the pizza and plenty of sausage and pepperonis, everything but the little fishies. But I'm getting I'm getting like you know sidetracked by that shit. I do. I love all of the stuff in the house and everything, and like you know, t- showing him different things and going, "These are my Star Wars toys," and yeah, and uh, this is this, and this is that, and uh, he's learning to speak and stuff. That's all really cool, and the the siblings getting let in on it, and Drew Barrymore just fucking every scene Drew Barrymore's in, I'm just fucking loving it. She's uh-huh. wonderful. I buy her as a itty bitty child believing that that's a real alien more than like Elliot. And the older right. brother. Okay. I find her really, really convincing and I love her. And she's like my favorite part of the movie. But then there's moments where it gets into this like really slow kind of lull of like, oh, what's going on? Where I feel like when you go back and watch Jaws as like, this is like the first Hollywood blockbuster. The suspense still holds up. It's it's more consistently suspenseful and it's like, yep, this, this works. Whereas mm. this is a kid's movie. You go back and watch it and you go, yeah, I think kids today would fucking- have a snooze fest well, with she, this. I don't think it is a, a kids movie. It's a, uh, like a, a family movie. It's just a movie. It is just a movie. I wouldn't even say it's a family movie. You know, it's a movie that families will watch because it's it's like Free Willy. Yeah. You know? Sort of. I don't know. I feel like Free Willy is a little bit classier and like consistent. Classier? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? I, 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 um, I'm sorry. I, I disagree. I fucking love all of these quiet moments. I love the kids ordering pizza. I love the kids talking over each other and being dicks. Oh, I love it when, when the mum's loading the dishwasher and one of the kids is going to like touch her butt. And then he's yeah, like, no, funny. don't do sexual harassment. But then I was like, oh my God, <laughs> guys, that was signposting for the, for the ET finger pointing. <laughs> <laughs> Thick. Um, no, it's yeah. I, I love all that stuff. It feels so. I don't know. Uh, homely. I. I think it's. It's. This is definitely. Um, I can't justify this position with anything other than uh, warm blanket like nostalgia. nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's all right. Oh. Et phone home. Et.
phone home. But I think Steven Spielberg does uh, shoots and directs scenes with families in a way that I'm not sure any other director manages to in, in a way that feels so true to life and realistically messy and flawed, but loving. Mm. I don't know. I, I, I find it, I, I can't think how else to describe it than comfy. Like I, I sigh into it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is just a wonderful mess, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Nice. I feel like uh, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm not trying to be argumentative just for the sake of argumentative. If you're like this, this feels like a film and not a family movie. That's fair. But I, when you said you felt like Spielbergish qualities when watching Free Willy, yeah, I'm thinking now that there's there is kind of two types of Spielberg. There's your Spielberg that's doing ET and Hook and mm. Adventures of Tintin and stuff, and then mm. there's your like Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan, and that shit mm. is like ooh, you know masterfully artistic mm-hmm. uh, the same with Jurassic Park and stuff. Yeah. I don't feel like E.T. has that level of mastery that Jurassic Park does when it comes to like a sure. Schindler's List sort of thing. Even yeah, though Schindler's sure, List sure. is a much more serious subject matter. Mm. You can watch that and go, oh, wow, that's amazing. That's flawless. And watch Jurassic Park and go, oh, stunning, flawless. And then this one you go, it's a little goofy. The um, the John Williams score, the like the really memorable bit of that melody is like beautiful and whimsy and all of that mm. magic of them flying on the bicycle. But when you listen to some of the other parts of what he's composed, it just sounds like a bunch of fucking racket going on together. Like- oh, fuck, man. I love the soundtrack. Like, I especially the racket. Like, the, <laughs> the music that's, um, that plays uh, whenever the, like, the, the, um, the government, the government uh, is, like, coming. The government man with, he has keys strapped to his belt buckle. <laughs> yes, with with distinct keys. Man with um, man with keys. Oh no! When man with keys is coming and the music is doing that that weird like hang on hang on give me a second. and the music's doing that like dun, 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 dun. that shit. I love that. When Elliot goes to to take the the Reese's pieces to the, oh, the yeah. forest, and there's that ding 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 that shit. Ah, oh, I love it. No, that's 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 another good part. I'm like, that's totally fine. There's some other parts okay. where it's just like. <laughs> All right, well, let's let's not spend like, any more time what's trying to imitate John Williams' score because clearly <laughs> neither of us are any good at it. But I really like. Uh, there was no part of the score for this film that I found myself taken out of the film by. Like, I I, I felt like it... Um, Feels like John Williams is freestyle scatting his soundtrack <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> All right, well, I, I'm, I'm happy for, for John Williams to scat in my ears. Um, and for me, when the music comes in, is always perfect as well. Like, it never feels like it's trying to uh, inform the emotion of a scene. Like, when the kid is... is uh, trying to reverse out the driveway and repeatedly fucking it up. I feel like a, a, a lesser composer, a lesser director would be like, well, put some put some funny music there. Yeah, put some, put some funny kind of clown yeah, music there. Exactly. This is a funny scene. It just, like, it, it lets you find the humour and enjoy it mm. instead of telling you, hey, funny scene, hey, sad scene. And then yep. when, when it does come in and kind of, uh, you know, inform the mood a little bit, 
it's it's in a way that you're already or I say you I mean me I'm already like like with tell my fucking me more. yeah tell me more like I'm already completely on board yeah when when I'm talking about examples as well of that like oh masterful director Spielberg versus kids friendly Spielberg mm. I think the imagery is a little bit hit and miss in this movie as well I think there's some shots that are fucking phenomenal incredible mm-hmm. the when the when the when the government men sneak into the house and look around while they're out on Halloween night and there's the mm. torch shining through the the little yeah. boards in the in the doorway yes and that like shadow moving along the wall it's like oh my god yeah yeah the the little like viewing window in the ET when they think he's dead and they put him on ice it's like Elliot's looking at the case and then it's opened up and we still have Elliot looking down at ET and then the camera yeah. moves and stuff and it's like oh that's really really nice there's mm-hmm. some stunning stunning shots and then there's some other shots where you just go like oh that was a little, kind of weird or kind of odd and not as purposeful I love the shot of all of the hands going out the windows at school dropping all the frogs out. The windows and stuff. Like, Uh those shots look incredible and amazing. And that whole sequence is amazing. I completely forgot that Elliot gets drunk at school because E.T.'s drinking all the beer. Oh, my God. I I clapped. I'd forgotten that, like, I remembered that scene, but I didn't have the, like, I didn't realise that E.T. was drinking beers. Yeah, right. So, like, when it, when he, I saw the logo of, you know, Coors Beers on the can, I was like, E.T. gets off the piss, yes! (laughs) You know? Um, and then I was, yeah, that, that whole sequence is really fucking funny when he's like slouching in his chair and he looks over at the girl like, hey, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. It is. It is really funny. Although my nitpicking brain just comes back in and goes, who is that girl? She like looked at him fondly at the bus stop and now like she they're making eyes at each other and who he kisses cares? her. It's not their story. It's not her story. <laughs> Let me let me let me get some some stuff out of the way that that uh, I like. I want to I want to talk a bit about stuff uh, that I like in this movie. Yeah, I, yeah absolutely, go for it. Because by no means do I want to just turn it into a, a, a negative shit show. No, 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 no. Of course, of course. <laughs> I feel like his his direction is as solid as ever. It's maybe not as um, flawless as something like Jurassic Park, but I still think it's fantastic. I. I think it's great. I think it's it's it feels like that time in his career, like we were talking about with the the early Edgar Wright of the Shaun of the Dead, and not mm. your Hot Fuzz and World Ends or your yeah, sure, sure, you know, Memento it's... for Nolan, not your exactly fucking yes, yes. Inception and Dunkirk and stuff. Yeah, yeah, he still manages to like you say shoot some stuff that you go, oh my god, that is just a, an amazing uh, shot. The the bit of um. When the you know the the government people finally kind of show up and there's that shot of the like just the road the tarmac and the heat coming off oh, it and, and the, the dudes coming the out dudes coming the- up yeah oh. yeah wonderful wonderful yeah. shot fucking incredible and I he, I think he shows details and withholds details uh, to great effect like the uh, early on where the opening scene where ET is like walking around the the forest and stuff that POV shot of him looking up at the trees. These fucking massive trees that like they they feel just as immense to us as they would to ET, and I, I like that idea of of uh, ET being awestruck by nature the same way we would be. And mm. they don't labor on it. It's not it's not like somebody says that or or anything. It's just 
this shot that communicates an idea really fucking neatly um, and without laboring it. And then he withholds details in a way that's really effective too. Like you were saying earlier, the, the Halloween bit where no one's at home and the, the people in the van rock up um, and start snooping around. Like say the, the torch coming through the, the grates of the, the door, showing us just an extension lead yeah. that's being pulled taut, more, like more and more taut. You, get, you don't see the equipment they're using, but you're like, why do they need that much extension lead? Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> your mind, your you fucking imagination runs wild. And the way that it go, it's pulled so taut that it kind of like slams that chair against the wall. It's like this bizarre little touch that makes you go, oh, fuck. Yeah. These guys mean business. Mm, yeah. While still being, yeah, they can make them seem menacing and, and that they mean business without, you know, not keeping it family friendly. Just by yeah, implying these yeah. weird little things. I think the, the solid direction and the uh, clever cinematography helps work around any limitations with the puppet. Because um, mm. I think E.T. As a, as a thing, as a little little dude wobbling around all the time, he looks great. He does. Yeah, I love him. The it's little wobble awesome. is like, uh, there's a little bit of like my brain going like, there's a little man in that and he's waddling <laughs> and it looks kind of goofy that it's wobbling but it's supposed to be funny and it is a fucking funny waddle it's hilarious exactly, exactly. i think that's something i found really relieving uh when watching this movie and revisiting it earlier i said i was worried that it was going to be just beating me over the head with its sincerity uh-huh. and the movie is sincere and very sweet but it also has a sense of humor about itself and not in like a kind of uh and not only in a way that's child friendly or it's it's not it's not like you know et's not flossing and farting or, or, or anything like that there's no there's no shit like that it's a reference to the uh the sonic movie by the way <laughs> for anybody <laughs> listening at any point who goes what the fuck are you talking Sonic's about kind of like an extraterrestrial <laughs> <laughs> but like again sonic gets on sorry sonic et gets on the beers yes <laughs> et's bumbling around the living room in a flanny I and gets l- hit in the face with a with a fridge i love like, that scene where the mum's like not paying attention and drew barrymore's yeah, yeah. pointing at him and saying that he's there and he's just walking back and forwards here he is here's it all i think you killed him already <laughs> And the the stuff where um they've got him in the the ghost costume and he's trying to do the the ouch thing yeah, and yeah. The, the brother's like no it's it's fake dude fuck off like <laughs> that stuff's really funny I I I like how much of a sense of humor this movie has while also maintain while not like undercutting the the sense of whimsy yeah 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 no I really enjoyed uh, the puppet and how he looks and it, there's a little bit of roboticness in the way that you know his brow and his face moves and stuff like that like it's not all the most fluid no uh so you can tell it's a puppet that's animatronic and stuff but the actual like a degree of uh expression that they get in his face and that they can Mm. actually contort his face is really really impressive for a puppet Mm. and um especially because i mentioned Last week when you picked this, that for the 30th anniversary of E.T., Spielberg did a George Lucas and he went back and CG'd over E.T. for like Mm. every shot of the movie. Mm. And that CG from like the 2010s has dated worse than what the puppet has. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking up stills and I was like, oh, yeah, it's it's really just like, Christ, it's, you know. Episode two Yoda kind of looking stuff where you're like, yeah, nah, that you're not there, man. Even for a leathery looking alien, you're not there. Yeah. It's it doesn't have the charm to it. And now it's we're like at the 40 year anniversary mark now. And mm. luckily, 
all of those versions seem to not be in rotation anymore and they've gone back to the original, which is nice. Mm. Which is like a fun little note as well. Uh, before the 30th anniversary, he also went back and edited out uh, shotguns from the movie. Yes, yeah, they're replaced with walkie-talkies. Yeah, right? before they take off and fly on their bicycles, there's like that roadblock of the couple of cops and yep. they, yeah, replaced them with... So they're holding walkie-talkies instead of holding shotguns because he was like, eh, it's a bit too violent, whatever. The version yeah, I watched yeah. was actually the version with the shotguns still, which I'm yeah, like, oh, too. wow. I didn't, yeah, um, yeah. I didn't know that that was still, like, available. I, I haven't seen that version previously. Like, I saw well, the walkie-talkie ones as a kid. And initially, like, when, uh, the, when D. Wallace is running over to the van that's been abandoned at this point and she's like, you know, no guns, they're only children. I was like, ooh, 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 is this the gun version? And they've got handguns. I was like, hey. And then when it cuts to the, when it gets to the roadblock and, bit, it's like, and they've got shotguns, <laughs> yeah, and they're, they're lock and load, baby. I fucking clapped and laughed so hard. I, I Man, I love this shit. I found damn near this entire film. I, 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 in fact, as I'm skimming through the film, I don't think there was ever a point in this movie on this viewing that I was like, eh, snooze, or I wasn't, won over by the the whimsy or whatever. I completely gave myself to this movie to the point where like so many scenes had me like welling up at just like the the the, the magic of movies, you know? <laughs> the the fucking bit where they're all looking at him in the uh in the closet for the first time together and mm. it's it's lit with that like warm glow and there's that beautiful little window in the background with the flower on it. They're all just like staring like awestruck at him. Yeah. It's, it's so fucking sweet. And he looks like a little monkey, man. <laughs> I love it. Got a big long neck that pops out. <laughs> I guess I've got a, I've got a cold, stone cold heart because it didn't, it didn't catch me on that emotional level like it, uh-huh. it should have. So I think that's why I'm like checking my watch a little bit. Yeah. Funnily enough, the part that I'm checking my watch is when, uh, when 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 the government shows up and they've got them in the like you know quarantine sort of environment and stuff, yeah, I'm not like caring enough for the like I remember I know that ET's not going to die, so I'm like I'm kind of not able to like put myself in Get the moment and be like, oh that, no, because yeah. the kid is worried and stuff. Like I I yeah. can't feel empathetic in that moment, and so I'm kind of finding it, it like a bit out, like yeah. oh we're back to one of those like slow periods. Right, right. Oh man, from like from when Elliot gets back uh from being out all night mm-hmm. and and from that point onwards it's I'm just working. like let's it's fucking working. Oh yeah, it's working. Yes, god. Like f- seriously and and um then when he wakes up and and ET's gone I'm like oh my god. And then I I I love Dee Wallace in this movie. I think she's fucking fabulous as as the mum and the the way she delivers that um don't ever do this again, Elliot line. When when he comes back, she closes the fridge door and he's there and she like hugs him and it's like she's fucking angry, but then like immediately like just so relieved to have her kid back. I I, I buy it so hard that I'm immediately welling up. And then when when Elliot's like, you know, you gotta go find ET and the kid fucking Mike jumps on the bike, I was like getting G'd off. I literally my yeah. my, lo- my note for that bit is all caps, it just says yeah, let's fucking go, cunt. We gotta find ET. Like, I was so so thrilled. Do you know? Funnily enough, the the one character that I find the most kind of compelling in this movie is the really really late appearance of Keys, who's like government man. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, you I like think that. that it's gonna be like, oh no, spooky government. They're gonna wanna uh, they're gonna dissect al- they're him gonna and alien stuff. autopsy this motherfucker like that. 
But the fact that it's not too much exposition, but it's just a little bit where he's just going to Elliot and he goes like... Elliot, he came to me too. I've been wishing for this since I was 10 years old. I don't want him to die. What can we do that we're not already doing? He needs to go home. He's calling his people. And I don't know where they are. He needs to go home. Elliot, I don't think that he was left here intentionally. But his being here is a miracle, Elliot. It's a miracle. And you did the best that anybody could do. I'm glad he met you first. It mm. gives you something to go like, oh man, yes. And like, mm. he's the only one that like catches up with them and is there to see E.T. go off because he's not trying to catch him like the rest of them. Yeah, he's like, yeah. yeah, that's where he belongs. That's where he's supposed to go. Yeah. Yeah. And just those couple of phrases was like enough for me to go like, yeah, fuck yeah. This guy's like yeah. a good guy. I like this dude. Yeah, totally. And and it feels like, I don't know, to just have talking a bit about uh, Stranger Things in, in that regard and, and Super 8, like the, the kind of government peoples in, in those movies being like, they are the baddies. They are like, they have insidious intentions for this alien or whatever it is. Like, it, it, it feels too easy. I like the fact that the, the government dudes in this one aren't that. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's you know, subverting that, that trope before that be even became a trope. Yeah, exactly. Place. Exactly. I think that's why I found um, the the character. I've forgotten his name, but he's in uh, the second season of Stranger Things and the fourth season. The, uh, yes. the scientist dude who's kind of nice and and yeah, who's not- Burke from Aliens. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I like that. I like that they managed to have that character in the context. Yeah, bring of that show, a little bit like, of that you know, darker and gorier and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I fucking love the scene of them showing ET to the mum. And he's like, he looks like a fucking like dried up dog turd. Oh yeah, at that point, the like yeah, the makeup for him dying looks really, really effective. That you just yeah. one look at him, you go like, he looks fucked, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I remember. Well. Yeah, I, I distinctly remember as a kid finding this portion of the movie like really distressing. Yeah, because of of how good the performances are and how good the makeup on ET is. Like he looks fucked. Yeah, <laughs> and he does. Like. The the image of, of her like just letting the coffee pour under the under the ground. Yeah. So good. And the, the kids screaming and fucking Elliot's like, you know, no, leave leave me with him. <laughs> and um the uh little Drew Barrymore being like, It's the man from the moon, the I can't leave him alone. I'm like, oh, it's heartbreaking. And I think the the bit with uh E.T. dying, I, I find like effective because I, I know he's gonna come back i've seen this movie before i know what's i know what the the score is but i still found it effective because of how it's shot and little stuff like having mike uh go up to their bedroom to the little spot where et where where they were hiding et like et's little spot and falling asleep in that spot oh my god even talking about it like i can feel myself welling up i i that part where he sees the flower dies and he screams it's it's like weirdly nightmarish again it's like this weird avant-garde like ah what the fuck is going on yeah 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 and then when they're trying to revive et and like at at that point the 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 music is is not playing a role at all it's just the sound of elliot screaming the doctor's trying to revive et the couple of cutaways to gertie watching 
and like flinching as they try to yeah. do the defib on him. Oh my god, heartbreaking. Absolutely. And then as as soon as it's you know apparent that he's not dead and the little heart starts glowing and he's excited to call home and all that shit, I, I'm I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I'm a little fucking eighties kid. And I fucking laughed so hard at the the line, uh, get the bikes, meet me at the playground on top of the hill. It's so, <laughs> like, it's delivered so seriously, but the stakes, are, it, it, it's, it's that, that um, hilarious juxtaposition of, like, these high stakes in suburbia, yes. you know? And it, it's, it's so also fucking the, funny. That's, that's the teenage-sounding badass High, it's time for high stakes, time to talk badass. That's exactly. the version of a teenager exactly. talking badass. But it's the playground on top of the hill. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, the, the, the whole sequence, as soon as the music comes in and the, the bikes start, it's just exhilarating yeah. right up until the, the, you know, they're flying, the gang's all there, who are these kids? <laughs> it's the gang. It's the gang. Kid with headphones is there. And then we get the, the the tearful goodbye. Now, I really I love how this movie ends. It is effective. Mm-hmm. Even even having seen it far more in in recent years, the final exchange between the Iron Giant and Hogarth uh-huh. knocks me the fuck out. Like it's yeah. it's an emotional gut punch. I I can't get through that scene without like weeping heavily. This I got through without weeping heavily. I was crying harder uh, at earlier scenes yes, yeah. than I was at the the finale of, of this movie. Um, and I don't think that's a point against it. I, I think I was um, struggling not to, like this This was a, a moment where because it's so iconic and has been, attempts have been made to recapture this or, or do this in other ways that have been more or less effective, I was kind of just distracted by, I was distracted by how iconic this scene was, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like m- me personally being a little bit more removed from the nostalgia of E.T. and the Iron Giant both, Yeah, I feel like it is just more effectively communicated in the Iron Giant. Mm. So, I, I, like, I don't know. I would say, like, it's a... You kind of don't want to give it a knock, uh, like, you know, a mark against it because, again, this is the this is the originator. Like, yeah, yeah. give it credit for the thing that it did first. But we're not like oh look I've I've just spent I've just spent the last fifty minutes giving this movie credit like you know. yes yes and I still think it deserves that credit but then when I watch it I go like yeah no it doesn't it doesn't do the same thing for me as an adult as it did as a kid with the whimsy mm. and I don't know if there was a lot of stuff me as an adult laughing at in this movie because of the those kind of leaps in logic and I think that it's it's a it's been forty years. We expect different things from movies now, and so you mm. you can't just say his complexes are widening, and like the the amount of like background medical <laughs> gibberish that it's like it's nonstop. Like there's no gaps. They're just like testing shows no deficits on FNF and HTS testing. EEG analysis shows complete coherence and synchronization of brainwave activity between both subjects. It's unbelievable the amount of gobbledygook 
that they're just spouting the whole time that it just makes uh. me laugh. And the like the gang of like get the bikes makes me laugh. And all of these things make me laugh because as an like yeah, I feel like we're we're like more switched on as audiences now because mm. this is the first of its sort of kind and audiences weren't like used to that stuff and ready for that stuff. And now I think like, yeah, if you gave this to like a teenager to watch, they would just fucking like laugh their asses off at thinking that oh, it was like, man, yeah, like out of, out of touch and stupid and it's like dumb or something. I don't know. Yeah. But that's just a theory though. It's not dumb. It's my alien. It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> anybody, anybody who hasn't seen it, look up the, the, the audition tape for this kid, uh, 4ET. Uh, it's fucking wonderful. It's genuinely good. It's, it's, it is. He got the part rightfully so. Yes, um, rightfully so. But uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah, and I think Elliot does a really good job as a, like, but with the, sort of the caveat as, as a child actor. Like, I think there is still a little tiny little bit of that, like, He's doing a real good job for a kid. Like as far as kids go, oh, mm. yeah, th- this is good. But it's there's still a little tiny bit of disconnect of me still looking at these kids being like they're acting. Where I, I don't see that as much with Drew Barrymore. Okay, I'm just like okay. you're fucking, you're you're fucking, you're amazing. You're I feel the same way as Drew Barrymore as we did with uh, in Signs with with little Abigail Breslin, where I was just yes, like, yeah. fucking every single. Thing that she says and does, I'm fucking laughing and crying at the same time at how wonderful she is and cute. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm 100% the same way here. When yeah. she looks at me, she's like, I don't like his feet. I'm like, yeah, he's got weird little, <laughs> weird little three feet, three toed feet. It's weird. You're right, kid. <laughs> You're saying what we're all thinking. <laughs> yeah, look, fair enough. I, I didn't find myself uh, pulled out of this movie for anything that the movie was doing. The only points where I felt myself pulled out of it were just because of the legacy of this movie and the fact that I was thinking about how many other properties have tried to do this. Mm. Um, and again, to varying degrees of success. And and I think some, in the case of the Iron Giant, for like the, you know, final goodbye scene, I think Iron Giant does it better mm. for my for my liking. Or it does it in a way that I, I can't help but be more affected by it. Yeah, that's how I feel about Stranger it's, Things. It's, the, it's all the of dialogue, this, it's, it's everything about yeah, it. Yeah, there's this characterization and the dialogue between everybody and the establishment of all their relationships and traumas and stuff that then yeah, comes together yeah. in a way that, like, yeah, I can't help but, like, tear up and cry at that stuff and E.T. just yeah. doesn't, like, do that for me. Yeah, anymore. you stay, I go, no following. It's Oof. way fucking harder. Then than- I'll be right here. Puts fingy in mouth. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I had a blast coming back to this uh, and really glad that I did. I was worried it was going to be a slog. I was worried it wasn't going to be remotely as enjoyable as I did find it. I'm sorry that it, you can't say the same, but I have enjoyed this conversation. Yes, yes. All right, well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, sharing it around is incredibly helpful. That word of mouth, excuse me, that word of mouth uh, helps us immensely. Uh, and if you'd like to help us out monetarily, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash rose tinted review. Links to all our socials are in the episode description. You can hit us up on any of those and tell us your answer to this episode's question. Do you care about the gang? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just want to know what people like. I'm I'm generally curious since 
it really hit well for you and it didn't for me as much. And I can still go, oh, this is a good movie, but I'm yeah. not invested. I'm not loving it. I'm really curious on what other people think. Yeah, is this a movie that you have to have had some kind of, you know, nostalgia for? Michael, next week, what are we what are we what are you following this one up with? Okay, I'm feeling a little bit nostalgic for the teenage years compared to compared to the sort of the younger family film that this was. And I wanna yeah. I wanna go back and revisit one of the quintessential stoner comedies. <gasps> Ooh. Dude Where's My Car? Oh my god. Okay, okay. I, I already have <laughs> okay. suspicions of of things that might not have aged well. <laughs> but um but I I loved this movie as a as a as a young teen. So I'm keen <laughs> okay, to check cool. it out again. Excellent. All right, well, join us next time. We'll find out whether or not our hindsight truly is 2020 or if we've just been wearing rose-tinted glasses. <laughs> <laughs>